what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. internet travelers and welcome once again after a brief uh wedding hiatus yeah wedding <laughs> um to the before and after show uh if you're just joining us um it, each week myself i'm mj smith and joined by Corey tyndall and sometimes a guest as today we're joined by Robert Mayo. Hello, everyone. Who yes. I think is the most used guest on the podcast now. Yeah. More than Mike Morey. More than Mike Morey, I think. <laughs> um, he gets a mention. Yeah, he, he has to get a mention in every show. We take a film that we haven't seen before, and I just told everyone to not knock on the table, and my ring hit the table. Wedding um, ring, yeah. New things. Yes. I'm still getting used to it. Um, <laughs> we take a film or a set of films that we've never seen before, and we give you our expectations for them, and we release that as a podcast episode. And the next week, we will have seen the film, and we'll tell you all our final thoughts on them, spoilers and all. And, um, yeah. So that's how the show works. Before we get into kind of what we watched this week, I have a bit of co-host business to take care of. Co-hosting. And that is that my lovely co-host... Yes. Corey Tyndall... Uh, <laughs> Decided to grace my wife and I. Oh, I, I'm so glad you're going to talk about this because I was going to bring it up. I thought he was getting fired. <laughs> he might be. Um, he he we'll decided let the people to, decide. To, to grace my wife and I with. Um, Tell with, us the story, MJ. With a rogue uh, wedding present. So Sunday night rolls around. It's the day after we get married, and we're opening presents, and we get to the one from Corey and, and his wife Hannah. And we did get them actual gifts, yes. so everybody knows. And so we start opening it, and it's this really nice whisk that was on our registry and this bread pan that we really wanted. And there's a third thing <laughs> wrapped amongst all those things. And uh, my wife Kristen goes, it's for you. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean it's for me? It just says to MJ from Corey. And there was a small card attached to it. Yes. And I noticed the shape of it. And the shape of it was, oh, it only could have been one of two things. Yes. And so in my brain, I was like, Corey either bought me a movie or a game. Yeah. Those are the only two things that it could have been. <laughs> and I start reading this card, and it says something to the effect of, I'm so glad to be your co-host. And yeah. the more I'm reading it, the more I'm starting to realize, talking this guy bought me Jurassic World. Talking about our it. shared memories at the yeah. theater. He goes, so I decided to give you my favorite movie-going memory with you. Yes, that's And I was far. like, this guy went out of his way for a joke. And I unwrap it, and lo and behold, is a brand spanking <laughs> new copy of Jurassic World on DVD. Yep, because I'm not going to spend that much on Blu-ray. <laughs> Which... I have a limit. I have yeah. a threshold. How many special features did it have? Uh, More know. than there should be. Yeah. Um, and 
I and he he did attach the receipt I in did. case I wanted to bring it back. Yep. Uh, I mean. But now I've never been more conflicted about returning anything in my life because on one <laughs> hand I appreciate the thought. Yes. On the other hand, I hate the movie. I know it was such it was the opportunity was there. I had to take it. Hannah was like, "Are you really going to buy that for him?" And I was like, "I have to. <laughs> I have to." So uh, that leads me to what's about to happen. <laughs> And that is, I'm uh, mildly sick right now, and I went to get some implements to help me not feel as sick Mm -hmm. while we were recording, Mm Alka-Seltzer and the like, and I stumbled across these for you, Corey. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Jurassic World licensed band-aids. Yep. Yes. Those Those are all yours. And they have the Indominus on here. Yes, they do. Now I can. The Indominus Rex can take care of me when I'm hurt. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> putting that Band-Aid on all your problems. Yep. Um, <laughs> Did you buy these specifically for me? 100%. Yes. Kristen was like, do you want some Jurassic World Band-Aids? And I was like, what? what? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to give these to Corey. And she was like, are you really going to do this? And I was like, he bought a DVD. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is less than a DVD. Yeah. And she was like, but he doesn't hate that movie. And I said, yeah, they don't have (laughs) Spider-Man 3 Band-Aids. So this is what he's getting. (laughs) Well played. Well played. Now, I thought you were going to use the movie as the base for the mic. Oh, that's if we're recording in the other room. Well, then there you go. Constant reminder. Yeah. Yep. Of just how much better than this movie we are as people. As, as a society, as humanity, we're both. Just, just tape the disc too close. I had an internal struggle. I was like, can I justify spending this much money on a joke? And I was just like, yes, MJ's worth it. I gotta do the it. the thing is, we're I, like, this is an expensive joke gift. It was worth it, though. So. so we decided that we're gonna hang on to it, and once the podcast takes off, we'll sign it and give it away. Yeah. Um, so help the podcast take off, and you might win a signed copy of Jurassic World by two guys who had absolutely nothing to do with that movie. But you loved our banter about it. It's so. true. Um, that was the, was that the first episode you were ever on? Second. That was the second one. That was the second episode you were ever on. So yeah. go take a listen to that. It's one of the best episodes we've ever done because, It was man, quite fun. Man, awful. MJ's just pure hatred for yes. that movie. Um, but enough about that. Yes. Uh, before we head into, um, the world of James Bond, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about what we've been watching this week. Uh, Robert, if you want to go first. <laughs> what have I been watching this week? Uh, For the last couple weeks, anything you've seen recently? Yeah, I mean, I've been keeping up with the same old comic book TV shows. Um, most notably, The Flash, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Arrow. Uh, Arrow still the weakest of those three. Still? Yes. Really? Wow. Yes. Um, Flash is still firing on all cylinders. At a rapid I was looking at starting that series. Pace. Is it worth it? Oh, it's so worth okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I've heard You need to get through like the first three to five episodes. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's typical for every show. Yeah. You just got to give it a little time to get itself set. Um, but it is so good. Okay. I was just looking back at like, I guess the, yesterday's episode, which I haven't seen yet. It was, it's like the best of one of the best of the series. Yeah. Wow. Um, they introduced the season's bad guy, I guess. And it was pretty awesome. Sweet. Um, but I was looking back at like the highest rated episodes just earlier before the recording, or before this recording, and 
I say episode 15 through the end, through 23, is like mm-hmm. super strong, all 9.5s and up. Oh, wow. <laughs> For season one? For season one. Wow. Wow. Okay. And then like the lowest rated on this season is 8.6. Wow. Like seven episodes in. That's crazy. Wow. The lowest last season was, there was a couple episodes at 8.3. Wow. That's still really good, Yeah, though. that's solid. Like, <laughs> yeah. Man, that's nuts. I mean, granted, the people rating it are probably mostly fans anyway. Yes. Of the show, yeah. But yeah. even in that taken into consideration, it's pretty highly rated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Breaking Bad has, like, some of the craziest yeah. highly rated episodes yeah, of the show ever. Like, the, I think the third to last episode has, like, a 9.9 or 9.9 oh, wow. or something. Yeah. It was at a 10 for a long time. And with, like, a lot of votes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the IMDb user ratings have gotten a lot better over the last couple of years, I feel like, mm-hmm. as far as, like, a litmus for the quality of the show. Yeah. And then uh, just, you know, they're introducing so many elements in mm-hmm. that show. Um, like, they're, it's a really daring show. Yeah. And you got Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. Reverse Flash. I mean, time travel. Jay Garrick. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, multiverse. Multiverse, yeah. Um, and just all kinds of stuff. It's yeah. Incredible to me, like, that they're actually getting away with it. <laughs> I couldn't believe that a show in its first season was going to do Gorilla Grodd. Like, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. And by all accounts, like, they did a really good job. And I saw, like, a couple shots of him, and he yeah. looked really good, too. Like, he, the effects budget is used so well on that show. Yeah, he hasn't um, been back this season yet, but I think next week's episode, he's back. So oh, we'll sweet. see where that goes. Um, that's got to be building to something big. Yeah. Like, a couple seasons out. Yeah. But uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been okay. Like, it's been engaging. and But a couple weeks ago... They had this episode called, like, 4,722 Hours, and it was basically The Martian mixed with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, that's like, crazy. It was wow. Com- yeah, it was, like, completely different and, like, completely out of its element from the show. Like, it's got it's kind of got its cookie-cutter mm-hmm. um, format, but it was just, like, a complete standalone element. Even, like, the intro and the logo and everything just looked completely different. Um, and there was only two characters in the entire episode that it focused on. That's so cool. Um, I can't really go into it because it's yeah. kind of, I don't know, a lot to explain how it got to that point. But right. um, basically it has to do with Inhumans because that's what that entire show has to do with now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, this S.H.I.E.L.D. agent was um, stuck on... I guess the Inhumans planet or a moment mm-hmm. of the Inhumans planet or something. Um, and it was all about survival and getting back to Earth. Wow. So <laughs> huh. it was super good. Um, Taking a page from Bruce Scott. I didn't realize that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had space travel in it now. Well, that was the only episode oh, okay. so far. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's still, like, pretty big. Like, that's a pretty yeah. big thing to introduce is, like, oh, yeah, there's stuff going on in space. Like, I know Guardians exists in that universe, yeah. but yeah. they've never really explored it on, on that before. Yeah, yeah. The scenescape was very much Guardians of the Galaxy as mm-hmm. far as, like, looking in space and all that. Um, but they, I mean, the only issue that I kind of had with the whole episode is probably just because they wanted to implement, like, a different atmosphere is there was, like, a huge blue filter oh, over yeah. the lens the entire mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. And it just kind of got... I don't know, bland on the eyes. Yeah. Still got a TV show budget. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Huh. That it? Yeah, I haven't really been watching any movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was at your wedding. Yeah. So I watched your wedding movie. Yeah, which oh, yeah. was great, by the <laughs> it was way. Really yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Never trust a guy with no vowels in his name. Yeah. MJ's going to put a link in the, uh, the yeah, SoundCloud yep. profile so yeah. you guys can go see it. Yeah. E-M-J-A-Y, right? Yeah, E-M-J-A-Y. <laughs> <laughs> Y's about. Cool. Uh, Corey, have you been watching anything? Uh, I've kind of had a slightly drier movie-going experience this week. I did go to your wedding, and that was quite fun. I did watch this one kind of like weird indie film. It's called Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. I, so, I have a story about that movie. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my best lady, uh, Emily Barber, who was also a past guest, a one-time past guest yeah. on the show, was home for, I believe it was Thanksgiving, and the entire weekend was a quest for us to go see that movie. Really? And we never made it. <laughs> So I haven't seen it. It came out like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I've never seen it, but I just thought it was super weird that uh, our local theater was showing that. Really? And so I was like, we should go see this because I like to support it when they show like weird indie stuff yeah. like that. And also I like Ewan McGregor. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, let's go do it. And she was like, yeah, let's figure out some time. And no time worked for oh. both of us. <laughs> so we never went. Well, now it is on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, there the you video. go. So I was there trying to find something good to watch, but I watched that. I mean, like it, like it's based off of a you know best-selling book, whatever. And I like Ian McGregor and Emily Blunt's in it, and they're both really oh, good. I like her a lot too. Yeah, she was really good in the Edge of Tomorrow, but. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, there were some things that kind of didn't work. It's kind of romantic comedy, but they're just super likable. So you just kind of tend to, you're like, oh, okay. But it's kind of this whole premise of like, it could could you go salmon fishing in the Yemen? And there's this guy over there, a sheik over um, in that area who has all this money. And so he's basically like hiring this team of them to be like, let's pull this miracle off. So it was, uh, it, was it was pretty entertaining. Like I said, everything didn't work, but it, it's worth a view. Okay. Yeah. So. Got it. Um, is it weird that I got married this week and saw more than both of you? That's, uh, I, I feel like I did something <laughs> wrong. I don't know. Um, so first off, the week of the wedding, um, we went to see, well, I'll save that one. Um, so I watched Jaws right before I got married, the night before. Good choice. it's my favorite movie. And I was like, well... Rather than having an existential crisis, I'll just take comfort in a man getting eaten alive by a shark. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we started season six of Community mm-hmm. um, on Yahoo Screen. Yeah. Which uh, we're t- three episodes in. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. Um, I think it's one of the strongest seasons. Or I think it's the strongest season out of the two since Dan Harmon has been back. Yeah. As far as where we're at now, I don't think it's quite hit its stride yet, but no. I think it's getting there. Every season of Community takes, like, four episodes to, like, remember. Like, it feels <laughs> like they're rusty every time at the beginning of a season. It's weird. Yeah. I've never understood it because that show's so consistent, like, in the back half of the season. It feels like every season is a new series. Yeah. And so it's just really weird. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, like, there are still funny moments and the actors all have really good chemistry. And yeah. I think part of it is Joel McHale in this season 
seems a lot more invested in playing Jeff than he had in the couple the oh. last couple seasons, and so his performance is really good. Yeah, in every episode, he's been awesome in it. I, I think it's the best acting I've seen out of him in the show. Really? Yeah. Have you seen any of it? No, I haven't seen any of the ones since they've like moved over to Yahoo. Okay. So. They're worth a watch. Like, they're still pretty funny. Um, Kim Jong has a bigger role in it, and he's hilarious. Yeah. He's really <laughs> funny in it. Um, I've heard his new show is terrible. Yeah, that, that guy's just taken off. Yeah. His show, Muppets. Yeah. And then... Like, the Hangover movie. Whatever else he's still doing. Yeah. That guy, I feel like <laughs> that guy doesn't sleep. I feel like he's like Adrian Chris Hardwick. Like, he's just <laughs> always on TV. Always doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and then just this morning while I was eating breakfast, I watched the first episode of the new Aziz show. Is that good? Eh. Eh. It's okay. Um, I like Aziz. I think he's a likable guy, but the content is real weird. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about the, like, is the writing good? Cause he got some people from Parks and Rec, right? Like some of the writers or the producers. That's what I heard too. I know he, the first episode he wrote with Alan Yang, I think. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything about Alan Yang. I just heard his name today. So um, I don't know, but it's like, it's, it's not a bad show. Like as far as execution. Yeah. I just thought some of the <laughs> messaging was kind of weird. Like it was like, it was kind of like anti-having kids or like being married and in oh. a committed relationship. And I was like, well, I just got, <laughs> got married. married so. <laughs> um, so it was like, it has like a weird soapbox. Yeah. Kind of feel. Like it kind of seems like it was pushing a little bit of an agenda. And oh. I was like, I don't really care. It seems like he's kind of been doing that even outside of yeah. his work. Yeah. In social mm-hmm. uh, media or, you know. Like interviews and stuff. Interviews and stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's been getting a lot more political, which is like whatever he can do. Like he, I, yeah, he, I'm fine with him doing that. But it's just not as, I don't know. It's not as. It's not the Aziz I like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like him being ridiculous, and he's not that ridiculous. No. But it's like he he does like a good job in it. Like it's yeah. not poorly done. It's just like kind of. It's just like eh, I don't really care about your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I want you just to be more like you were in Parks and Rec now. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Or like how your first stand-up special was. Yeah. Like, that's the Aziz I miss. Um, and then, last thing I watched uh, is Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah. You mentioned yep. something to me about that. Which is awesome. I didn't think I was going to like that movie at all. But yeah. it was kind of like... I kind of try to watch all the stuff I feel like is going to be nominated for awards. Mm-hmm. And it's all happening like kind of early this year, which I really like. Because... It's always a mad dash at the end of the year to watch everything. Yeah. And it just sucks. But Star Wars has pushed all of that back because no one wants to open against yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> and Star Wars is going to dominate the, la- the last half of yep. the year. So, or the last month of the year. So everything mm. kind of happened in this like six week span between like the end of September and the beginning of November. Yeah. And so I've been able to watch most everything. And I think I only have to watch Sicario and that's it, which I'm going to do tomorrow night. So. Oh. So yeah, Steve Jobs has Michael Fassbender playing Steve Jobs, and it's set up like, um, it's three 30-minute scenes of dialogue, which doesn't sound that interesting, um, and, and the, each one takes place before a different keynote that Steve Jobs is about to give, and in that, there's conversations with these sort of revolving door of people that were close to Jobs, um, namely, uh... 
Wozniak. Steve Wozniak. Uh, John Shirley? Is that his name? I don't know. The old CEO of Apple before uh, Jeff Bridges. He's played by Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Steve Jobs' assistant, who's played by Kate Winslet, um, Steve Jobs' uh, ex-girlfriend or baby mama or the whatever. One, the one that he has a daughter with. The one that he has a daughter with and the daughter. Um, yeah. And then the, uh, one of the programmers at Apple who kind of helped program the uh, Apple OSs and stuff. Yeah. And it's sort of those five people and how they... And Jobs. So those six people... And how their relationships kind of, like, crash and burn and get rebuilt. And sometimes there's, like, a mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Um, as, like, from 1984 up through 1998. And it's really, really good. Um, Aaron Sorkin wrote it, who I kind of hate. Um, I feel like a lot of his writing pushes an agenda, too. Oh. Um, it just seems like angry liberal white people yelling about angry liberal white people things. <laughs> and uh, this didn't really do that. It wasn't that political. Yeah. He also wrote The Social Network, which I hated the dialogue in because it just sounded like that's not really how people talk. talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this kind of has that, but I believed it more because maybe because I think Steve Jobs is smarter than Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was just like, okay, yeah, it's fine for you to talk like this. You're Steve Jobs. You barely existed on our plane of existence anyway um but the movie is really like there's a really good like emotional anchor with the the daughter Mm -hmm. in it because aaron sorkin said like he couldn't imagine the reason he wrote the movie is he couldn't imagine steve jobs having a daughter and denying it because he's got a daughter yeah aaron sorkin has a daughter and so he was just like trying to process that when he read the book um that came out after jobs died and so he puts that kind of at the center yeah. of Jobs' life. And uh, whether it was or not, I don't know. But that's, I mean, it's more of a character piece than like, this happened. Yeah. Um, but it's its really, really good. And Fassbender acts the crap out of Steve Jobs. Like, he doesn't really look like him until 1998. Yeah. He doesn't really, uh, <laughs> he doesn't really sound like him, but the way he says words is like him. Yeah. So... There's a train going by. Yep. Train. <laughs> um, so the way he says words is, and like the inflection he has is a lot like him. And that combined with the, how much he looks like him in the 1998 one, I was like, oh, I'm sold. Yeah. And uh, last thing is, I didn't know going into it, uh, Danny Boyle directed it. And I like Danny Boyle movies. He directed Slumdog Millionaire mm-hmm. and 28 Days Later. He shot it on the technology available in the years. Oh, that's cool. So it... Uh, opened on 1984 and I was like why does this movie look like crap like I thought there was something wrong with the projector because it was all like grainy and like like it looked like they shot it on videotape I don't Mm -hmm. think they did but they shot it on like kind of gross film stock and so I was like why like the lighting is all like washed out and like bright and like way too bright on everything and that I read later, like, oh, yeah, he was using, like, the technologies available in those years. Or he was at least evolving the technologies with Apple. Yeah. Because he shot the 1998 stuff in 1080p, yeah. which didn't exist in 98. But um, I, that, after the fact, was a cool directing choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's really good. I kind of wish that there was maybe one or two more keynotes yeah. that we got to see. It would have made the movie, like, two and a half hours of people talking. Um, so that I understand why they didn't yeah. do that, because I would not have been able to sit through that. But I feel like we definitely, I think it would have been cool to see the iPod keynote 
before mm-hmm. the iPod and before the iPhone. I yeah. think they really needed to put the iPhone in there. Yeah, because that would have been like the big one. Yeah, that was the yeah. one that like he changed the world with. I'm yeah. not a huge Steve Jobs guy or a huge Apple guy. Yeah. But like I use an Android phone and the reason I use an Android phone is because Apple did it first. Like there's no yeah. denying <laughs> that impact he had. Um, I also really like Seth Rogen as Steve Wozniak. Um, Wozniak's kind of like my homeboy in the tech industry. I love that guy a lot. The Woz. And, yeah, and the Woz. They call him that throughout the movie, too, which I thought was sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they portray him, like, very sympathetic and just, like, I really liked that character a lot. I've, I like the way yeah. they characterized Wozniak a lot. So, yeah, it's really good. I think if you guys like tech or, like, Apple and stuff, you should Is it, it better out. than some of the other films? I never saw the other Steve Jobs film. The I, Ashton Kutcher one? Yeah. No, I didn't see that. Either. It looked awful. I, Even though he looks exactly like yeah. a young Steve Jobs, exactly yeah. like a young Steve Jobs, I don't think it was very good. The only thing I've, I've Have you ever seen the Pirates of Silicon Valley? I haven't. I've... I so, heard that movie's super good, though. Yeah, it is. Surprisingly good. Yeah. For... <laughs> it's when, like, when did that come out? Oh, like 1997. So yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, it's about uh, Gates and Jobs. Yeah. Um, kind of going at it. And I think it's got Anthony Michael Hall from The Dark Knight. The, the news reporter guy from The Dark Knight, I think, is... I think he's Bill Gates. I can't even remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. But yeah. It, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I've heard that one's really good. And there's a documentary that just came out called Steve Jobs, The Man and the Machine mm-hmm. um, that was directed by uh, the guy who directed the Scientology documentary that got a bunch of attention on yeah. HBO this year. Um, he directed that movie, too. Which is weird because it got an iTunes-only release. But oh. then Apple buried it because it kind of is like this guy had a daughter he didn't claim to be a do- yeah. his daughter. Like, it doesn't show him in like a great light. Yeah. And so iTunes, it's only on iTunes, but you have to lurk for it. Like oh. <laughs> they kind of were like, "We'll give you these rights, but we're not going to advertise it." Yeah. And he was like, "Okay." I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for me. Um, Lots of stuff. Yeah, all kind of stuff. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back to get. Uh, into probably more nitty-gritty with Bond than you uh, want us to, but we're going to do it. Yeah. And we're back. Yep. Um, so this is actually going to be a really interesting, I think probably the most interesting episode (laughs) we've had in a long time, um, because, uh, this is all about Bond. We're not doing an older movie this week because I think there's a 53 year legacy we have to get through. Yeah. Plenty of older movies. Yeah. There's, (laughs) there's plenty of movies to choose from here. And, uh, for the most part, Robert and I, you and I have seen, you and I have seen all of them. Yes. I've Uh, seen all of them. Multiple, multiple times. times yeah wow so you guys are the uh the pros yeah and Corey, you don't have like a crazy big history i don't that. really uh i only really got into bond um daniel craig so okay yeah cool um so uh i think we're gonna have two perspectives that are very similar and one that is completely not yeah uh, <laughs> Not in line with that. Um, so, I mean, there's not really a lot of history that's not just weird trivia uh, that <laughs> I think we can inform you of. Like, James Bond's been a cinema staple for 
53 years now. Um, mm-hmm. There are, what, 24 films now, including yeah, Spectre? Spectre's the 24th. Spectre's the 24th. Um, and so they started in 1960, right? Or 62? 61. 61? was the first movie. 61 was Dr. No, uh, is how it started. It's based off a series of books by Ian Fleming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they filmed it in the late 50s, but it didn't get released until 61. Okay. Got it. Um, you know, and... Uh, and it's it's a legacy. Like at this point, it's a dynasty. I feel like it's not even uh, it's not even a staple. It's just like I feel like James Bond movies are always going to be made. Yeah. At this point, I so what's sixty two? Sixty two. So kind of uh, before we get into the, the the nuts and bolts of Bond, um, do you guys want to share? I know you mentioned already. You pretty much only have the Daniel Craig movies to go off of. Yeah. But uh, do you want to share? Uh, Maybe your your kind of history, your personal history with Bond, and one or two of your favorite movies in the franchise. Um, Robert, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, my history with Bond. When did I first get interested in Bond? Well, I don't know. When I was in high school, I remember ABC did like weekly Bond movie specials or something. And I pretty much watched every single one. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if it was over a summer or winter or what it was. I don't really remember. But I just This remember. is my history, too, so I will tell you when it gets to me. <laughs> I just remember um, they always had, you know, and I remember Roger Moore was on there a lot, like, doing background trivia on each movie. Yeah, I don't know. That's how I got involved, like, really interested in Bond. And then um, I really didn't see all of them until I brought, or until I bought the Blu-ray set. And... We went through all of them, um, all the way to, I think at the time, was Casino Royale. Mm, Quantum of Solace is in that one. Because they released it right the year Skyfall right. came out. You're right. Quantum yeah. of Solace. Okay. And then, um, and then I watched it all again with you. Yes. Yeah. We went through them together. Um, I also watched all the special features on every movie. Oh, wow. Which you also <laughs> did again with me. Yeah. So you've got the trivia down. Well... <laughs> Yes and no. <laughs> so much of it just kind of repeated itself throughout the movies. There wasn't yeah. really actually a lot of content <laughs> there. But, uh, yeah, it was all pretty interesting. Anyway, that's it in a nutshell. Favorite Bond, probably Pierce Brosnan. Really? Yeah. Wow. We're getting controversial here, and, guys. Uh, <clears throat> just because that's the one that I think, I mean, our generation kind of grew up with mm-hmm. in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 90s and then the my second favorite is probably Sean Connery and then Daniel Craig okay nothing against Roger Moore he's actually a great Bond he's just a different flavor of Bond yeah he's much campier yeah (laughs) um and even Timothy Dalton was excellent yeah but he just didn't get his get his fair shot at the yeah. franchise because of other circumstances. He was the guy that was only in one, right? No, that was George Lee. Oh, okay. Timothy <clears throat> Dalton was only in two. Okay. Yeah. Do you have favorite movies in the franchise? Oh, favorite movies. Hmm. There's just so many good ones. There. And so many bad ones. <laughs> it's crazy. Not that they're not enjoyable, <laughs> but let's be real, they're not very good movies. <laughs> uh, number one, obviously, according to Slade and myself, is Goldfinger. Okay. Um, it is just, I don't know. It was like, it's the third Bond movie, but it's the first one that's actually a 
Bond movie. Like the first two just kind of set up the the world and the environment and kind of the some of the uh, formula for Bond. But then it all comes together in that one. You got your great villain, great um, landscapes and um, location shooting yeah. and yeah. Uh, gadgets and the car. The Aston Martin is introduced in that one, and there's just so much good. And it's just a really solid movie. Yeah. Um, and then Goldeneye is probably number two, and then Casino Royale. Yeah, Casino Royale has dropped. It was my favorite for a while, mm-hmm. but on multiple viewings, it's dropped. Hmm. Cool. Corey? Well, <clears throat> like we said, I am the, the novice, the newbie here. Um, the furthest back I can go, like in high school when I was in band, we played some of the James Bond music for marching band, and oh, okay. so... Uh, I remember I went over to some friends and like they did a watch party and I can't remember which ones we watched. I think Golden uh, Goldfinger was in the lineup and we watched a couple of the other campier ones. So I kind of back then just kind of like dismissed some of the whole series. It's like, okay, wow. Because I guess we must have watched some of the really bad ones too. And I was just like, what? what is? I don't know. So anyway... I didn't. I kind of didn't really get into Bond until Casino Royale came out, okay. and I saw that movie, and I was like, "Wow, this is just a really good film by itself." I mean, just some of the the action sequences and just like the set pieces, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And then, um, obviously, I've kind of seen all the movies since, and then Quantum of Solace was like, "What happened?" And um, <laughs> and then you know, I I liked Skyfall, but I've only seen three of the the Bond films. And so, I mean, I still think out of the three of them, Casino Royale is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so very, very shorter history exposure to James Bond. Um, I, I guess the main complaint that I hear from people is like Daniel Craig is like this dark, broody type of James Bond. And um, I don't know, I, I like his portrayal of the character. Granted, I haven't seen a lot of other people portray the character, but uh, some people have been like, oh yeah, that was, it was just kind of like, you know, all the stuff was happening with like the Dark Knight and those type of dark movies, and some people were like, it was just unnecessarily dark, like Daniel Craig's take on it. But I liked, I like it, so, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of me and Bond. So, MJ... Um, so my first, first exposure to Bond was exactly what you talked about. It's funny that we kind of had the same starting point. (laughs) It was the, um, ABC would run them, I think it was on Friday nights or Saturday nights. I think you're right. And, um, as kind of a budding movie buff, I was like, I've never seen these James Bond movies. My parents always told me they were boring, but my parents also don't like anything with accents in them. (laughs) Um... So I was like, I just should watch one of these for myself. And I picked one random one. I didn't even realize how many there were. Like, I didn't realize they'd been making them since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just picked one random Friday night. I was like, I don't, I, you know, I, nothing's going on. I'll just watch this. And the movie that it was was uh, Diamonds Are Forever, <laughs> which is the worst oh. Bond movie to start <laughs> off on. Because uh, it's not a it's very really good movie. Weird. It's a really weird movie. It's like totally unlike any of the other Bond movies. Um, Sean Connery's in a really weird place. Sean Connery's really bad with the, at with it. The, with the franchise. Yeah. He's like, 
He's like only doing it because it's part of his contract. Like he does not give a crap in that movie no. whatsoever. <laughs> this was the one he came back after they went to the guy who did one. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So I had none of that history, and I just started watching this, and I was like, "How are they still making these? This is <laughs> awful! Like it was so boring and just not interesting." And I made it up to. Um, there's a scene where... So you didn't finish that one. N- no, I ended up turning it <laughs> so off. So you didn't see the end of it until we watched it. I did not see the end of it until we watched it. Jimmy Dean's in it. Yeah, the sausage guy is Jimmy Dean. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's in it. Um, I made it up to <laughs> when the moon he gets, buggy. <laughs> I made it up to the moon buggy. So I made it up to, like, they started tracing him on a moon buggy, and I had lost the plot at that point, <laughs> so I thought they were on the moon. What? I was real confused. Uh, they had this, like, what do you call it? Um, it was like a museum of, like, like lunar landing stuff. Yeah. Oh. An enclosure where it's, like, all set up like it's in space. Yeah. Oh, okay. To demonstrate what it would do. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, like, a moon buggy on there, and Bond gets on the moon buggy and, like, steals it, and there's, like, a trace with him, like, riding on the moon Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, I really didn't understand what was going on in the movie <laughs> at all. Um, and then later in high school, you, Robert, had gotten Die Another Day, I think for Christmas or birthday or something, and you let me borrow it, and I watched it four times in a week. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, didn't realize it was a bad movie at all. Oh, uh, well, you watched it because you liked it. Yeah, I watched it, like, <laughs> twice by myself and twice with my dad. Um, you were like, this is awesome. Yeah, I was like, this movie's was, pretty was, cool. Was there a reason to see it twice or just because you liked it? Just because I liked it. Like, like I, There was no, like, I didn't get that, so I need to rewatch nope. it. Nope. <laughs> I just was totally on board with that movie for some reason. And, like, that theme song, I really liked. The Madonna song, mm-hmm. um, where she just says Sigmund Freud in see, the middle for no reason. A lot of people give it crap, but I think it's one of the better ones. I like sure. that song. <laughs> and so I watched that a bunch. Uh... And then kind of nothing happened with Bond until Daniel Craig came. And for whatever reason, it was yeah, a really... a six-year gap. Yeah. So for whatever reason, I was really into going to Midnight Showings that year. Yeah. And so I went to the Midnight Showing event for no reason other than I could. Yeah. Like, I had no interest, like, really. I was just like, okay, it's a movie. Yeah. The movie blew my mind. In Casino Royale? Casino Royale, yes. yeah. I was like, what is, this is not the James Bond I'm used to seeing. Like, what, that opening scene yeah. is, like, crazy brutal, and it's in black and white. Yep. And, like, he, like, Fs that dude up <laughs> in the bathroom, and there's, like, that super badass parkour chase, and I was like, yes. what is this movie? And, like, that movie's really long, and so we saw it at midnight. It was like 2.45 in the morning when it ended. And I was like, I don't even know where my life is right now. <laughs> like, what just happened? Yeah, that was crazy. Because there's like a good like 40 minutes near the end of that movie where it's just them playing cards. And yeah. it's super intense. And yeah, you're just like is. glued to it. Yeah, yep. And then that movie like feels like it should end like four times before it actually yeah. ends. So I was like, why is it not ending? <laughs> um, yeah, that movie like blew my mind. Um, so that's really what got me into it. And then when the Blu-ray set you mentioned came out, I picked it up, I think, around the same time you did. And never got around to watching them until we started watching them together. And so now I've seen all of them. And I think my some of my favorite movies in the franchise are... Um, Home of Solace. <laughs> no. Um, 
Goldeneye, I think, might be my favorite one. I really like that movie a lot. Yeah. That's a really good movie. F- fun fact. Mm-hmm. Goldeneye and Casino Royale have the same director. Oh. Martin Kemp. Probably the best Bond director. Yeah. Directed. Yeah. A Bond movie. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I want Martin Campbell to come back and direct some Bond movies because they're not great right now. Um, <laughs> so Goldeneye, I think, is probably my favorite. Um, I think Casino Royale might be number two for me. And... Uh, Moonraker. No. <laughs> that is the one where they actually go to space, by the way. Oh, James mm-hmm. Bond goes to space? Yep, yeah, Moonraker. Yeah. Yep. Thanks to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars was super successful, and the Bond franchise has a history of like stealing whatever's popular. Oh. And so they were like, "We gotta send them to space," and so they did. And it's awful. The they had lasers terrible. and everything. Wow. Yeah. The space stuff looks really good. Yeah, but it's a terrible movie. That movie's really bad. <laughs> um, I liked like seventy percent of it, and then it just kind of loses itself. Yeah, it goes off the rails, man. Um, and you're talking to a guy who likes the one where he has to dress up like a clown and defuse a bomb. Um, what? Yeah. Wow. Octopussy. Yeah. That's the climax of that movie is he sneaks into a circus and gets in full clown makeup and defuses a bomb. Bond has a storied history. We should see. watch some of these movies together. I want to see you react to some Bond movies. Yeah. Um, it was fun watching him react to Bond movies. Yeah. Yep. Um... But no, my third favorite, I think, is uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is one that does not get a lot of love, and I don't understand why. And as a matter of fact, it gets crapped on kind of a lot, and it's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. It's so good. Um, That's the one that has George Lazenby in it. He only played Bond once. People crap on him. I think he's an awesome Bond. Why did he only end up doing Bond once? Well, because Sean Connery came back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Basically, and... People didn't like him for some reason. Yeah, right? I'm not really sure. Yeah. He was Australian. Oh. He was an Australian model, and he like he came on to do this one bond, and then they were able to get Sean Connery back, and so they got him back, but then that was the one he did after that was his last one. Oh. And then they just went to Roger Moore after oh, that. Okay. Yeah, it was a bunch of behind the scenes like contracts and oh. you know, business. And... Yeah, it was a lot of it was more like businessy stuff than anything. Oh. But I think George Lazenby is the most underrated Bond. Mm, maybe not. The second most. Timothy Dalton's pretty underrated. The thing is, I don't think there's a bad Bond actor. Yeah. Like, I think... It's hard to determine, like, who's actually the weakest, because they're all pretty good. Yeah. And, like... And they're all different. George Lazenby's an awesome Bond. He's, like, uh, he's really, like, quippy. So, like, mm-hmm. he'll, they'll, like, the bad guys will, like, say stuff to him, but then he says stuff back to him that's really hilarious. <laughs> like, it's kind of like Robert Downey Jr. attitude. Yeah. From him. And it's, like, pretty sweet. Like, that. I love that movie a lot. So I think I think Lazenby is one of my favorite Bonds, which is super controversial. No one likes that guy for some reason. Um, <laughs> I think there's like I don't think I have a favorite Bond. Like they're all really good and add something di- their own spin to it. And yeah. mm-hmm. actually, Timothy Dalton and Daniel Craig are very similar mm-hmm. Bonds. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like they tried to kick off that serious Bond with Timothy Dalton. Yeah. And it, after two movies, it just wasn't right for that era. Yeah. Of filmmaking because it was like late '80s, so there oh, was still okay. like a lot of like campy. 80s action movie and that yeah. was right at the uh kind of the end of the producer uh albert broccoli mm-hmm. that was the end of his life yeah <laughs> like he was yeah dealing with health issues and stuff so that's why there was a huge gap between timothy dalton and brosnan taking over with Goldeneye. oh it was like another six-year gap but yeah I think. I think so yeah i think you're right 
it should also be mentioned that uh, uh, do you remember which one of the Timothy Dalton ones kicked off the acting career of one Benicio Del Toro? Uh, it was the second one. The it second was, one? Uh, License to Kill. License to Kill. Okay. Yeah. So Benicio Del Toro plays a uh, henchman for mm-hmm. the bad guy, for the main bad guy yeah. in this movie. And uh, if you thought Benicio Del Toro like started out his career as a normal actor and then got weirder, yeah. nope, not a, not, nope. He was weird and Bond. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I am looking up my favorite, one of my favorite Bond moments of all time. Man, I don't even remember what he said. This is... So what happens here is uh, a frequent Bond uh, collaborator named mm-hmm. uh, Felix Leiter yeah. has been kidnapped by this <laughs> Mexican drug lord <laughs> and is being tortured by Shark. That's how they <laughs> torture him. They like they like descend this guy into a pit of sharks and then he's just like in a body cast later. It's like, Central America. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, so he, uh, Felix Leiter asks about his wife, and mm-hmm. this is how Benicio del Toro responds. Where's my wife? Don't worry. We gave her a nice honeymoon. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who talks like that? What what is that? I have no idea, but I'm two weeks away from going on a nice honeymoon. <laughs> and it's all I can do to not every time I talk about it with my wife say it that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um so that that's one of the Timothy Dalton ones, that's a later one. Yeah. Um so there's I mean there's books and there's movies and there's comics. This is like you think Star Wars is a merchandise machine? Yeah. Um, James Bond is the OG merchandise machine. Like, <laughs> it was crazy. It was, yeah. Like, it's not really today, but back right. in the day, it really was. I actually was listening to a podcast with um, a British author, and he said that in Britain, it is still like that. Yeah, he said that really? like, all the shops in Britain just turn into everything James Bond when they release a new Bond. He said it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So there's there's a lot to get through here, but there are certain things... That make Bond Bond. And one of those things is uh, gadgets. And uh, Corey, I know you're not as familiar, but I'm sure you're familiar with some of the great Bond gadgets. So what are some of you guys' favorite gadgets from a Bond movie? Oh, man. The first one didn't really... The first one doesn't have gadgets. Yeah, it doesn't have any gadgets. Right. Um, Because Q doesn't get introduced until the second one. Yeah, I mean, there's like a a quartermaster in the first one, but... Mm -hmm. He's not Q. Right. Um, I still, that suitcase in From Russia With Love, like... Pretty boss. Yeah. The one that has a knife in it? Yeah. Okay. It has a whole bunch of stuff. and like There's like hidden slots for coins. For 63 <laughs> or 64 or whenever it came out. It's like, man, they really figured this out. Like they, <laughs> yeah, because they like had to build it. Yeah. What else? Most things from the Pierce Brosnan era mm-hmm. had the best gadgets, I think. Yeah. The best use of gadgets. He had a sweet watch with a laser on it. Yeah. What was the time where he had, like, the crazy jetpack going on? What? Was that You Only Live Twice? It's um, He only has it at the beginning. Yeah. Oh. It's just, like, an intro scene. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, like, the first time they built a real jetpack in real life. Oh, really? And yeah. And got to, <laughs> well, to use yeah. it. 
I don't even know if he used it. Did he use it, or did he just wear it for the scene and the stunt man used it? They, the only person who was like able to operate it was the guy who created it. Oh, okay. So oh. they had to like film him doing yeah. it, and then just kind of like imply that it was him. Oh, so he like wore it to do like some green screeny type stuff. But yeah, yeah. There's a uh, there's a lot of the early ones that are really impressive because they had to do it. Yeah, um, I really like that sweet little helicopter he uses in you only live twice he like goes to japan and he's got this like personal helicopter oh wow and like, they build it on site yeah they like roll up with it and then put it together and then he flies around in it <laughs> wow yeah yeah it was also a real thing like, really yeah yeah what yeah one of the things that if you start watching some james bond movies uh you'll start to uh but get really impressed with the stuff they were able to do in those <laughs> movies because they're like yeah, CG the practical effects thing. and all the stunt work and mm-hmm. you know everything it's all done real and it's well well executed yeah it is um, wow and then like some of these guys went on to do star wars and indiana jones oh okay so they movies. were like people like top of their craft yeah. Yeah. yeah but they weren't top of their craft when they started with bond yeah like, they become top of their craft because of bond oh yeah yeah there's a i mean <clears throat> um i think I think the cars are really good gadgets a yeah. lot of the time. Too. I didn't know if you wanted to include cars or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, even in Casino Royale, like, yeah. he, it, the car is a gadget because it's got that defibrillator in it. Yeah. Um, which I know some people that were like, that was stupid. And I was like, that was a James Bond movie. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Wouldn't you expect he'd probably have something like that? Or yeah. Like, oh, I'm drugged. They better get out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the newer ones don't have a ton of Yeah, I was about to say they don't really. I mean, trying to take a subtle take on it, I guess. Like Skyfall, it's like, here's a hand grip gun and a radio transmitter. That you don't use. Yep. He, like, doesn't use them. (laughs) I know. It's ridiculous. Another thing Bond is famous for is villains. Um, I think... Some of the most iconic villains in movie history that aren't named Darth Vader yeah. come from uh, James Bond movies like Goldfinger. Um, I don't remember that guy's name, but... The actor or the... The character's name. The character's name. Yeah. I mean, that guy's like... so He's so iconic. Like he, I know you mm-hmm. haven't seen the movie, but like yeah. you've seen parodies of it. Like, yeah. Like, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Like, that comes from Goldfinger. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a... There's a Simpsons episode where Homer goes to work for basically a Bond villain named oh. Hank, Hank Scorpio. <laughs> um, and that that's a hilarious episode of the show because they just, like... He just does, like, all these, like, Bond villain things oh. throughout <laughs> it. And so he, there's, like, a scene where he's got, like, a James Bond guy tied up with a laser going, like, between his legs. Exactly like Goldfinger. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, his name's Hank Scorpio, which is a sweet Bond villain name. <laughs> yeah, so, like, these villains are really iconic. So what, I mean... I feel bad, Corey. No, I know. It's like... But it's just, like, I haven't seen a lot of them, so it's, like, I can only pull from, essentially, like, three movies. Yeah. Because we've yet to see Spectre. So. Yes. So what, I mean, when you when you think of a Bond villain, what comes to your mind? Well, <laughs> that's not going to be, like, in line with what you guys think, but probably, like, the guy in Casino Royale. Le Chief. Le, yeah. Or uh, the guy in Skyfall. He's a good one. He's a really good Bond villain. What's his name? Uh, Silva? Yeah, Silva. Not Silva. Silva. Chief is a good one. Silva and Skyfall. But yeah, so those are generally like the only two pictures really of yeah. villains that I have. 
Lashif is a really good Bond villain, and the way Mads Mikkelsen's performances in that movie is mm-hmm. super good. I was the first thing I'd seen Mads Mikkelsen in, and I've watched a few things just because he's in it. Oh. Because of how much I yeah. like him in that movie. And that has, that movie has, I would say, one of the most brutal scenes in any Bond yes. movie ever, when they put him in the chair that doesn't have a bottom, and he's naked, and they swing the rope. Oh my god. That's painful for every man who watches that. Gosh. I remember watching that movie with my dad, and my dad was like, what are they doing? <laughs> it's like, like yeah, what's that, that happening right now? It's just super intense, though. Yeah. You're like, is this really happening to him? Yeah. Uh, and, like, the way Craig plays it is so good, too, when he's just, like, a little to the left or yeah, whatever. Just yeah. laughing. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. That's a really good scene. That's a, that's a really good Bond villain moment mm-hmm. in general. That's probably the best torture scene since the laser in Goldfinger. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. I think Sean Bean is a really good villain in Goldeneye. Trevelyan. Yeah, he yeah he's okay. Like as a you know, double agent across yeah whatever. Um, Scaramanga is my favorite. Really? Yeah, because because it's Christopher he, Lee. Who doesn't love Christopher Lee? Yeah. <laughs> so Christopher Lee was a Bond villain named Scaramanga. Oh really? Uh, he's got a third nipple. Oh. Don't explore that in the movie outside of they show it once and they tell James Bond about it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Don't know why that's in there. He's got, like, a little person helper. Yeah. Uh, named Knickknack. Yeah, Knickknack. <laughs> yep. I need to see some of these. There's... See, that's the other thing. is like, there's good Bond villains, and then there's good Bond henchmen, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to henchmen. So, like, like there's... Like, Oddjob, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there you Odd... go. Oddjob is... Being the best one. <laughs> the best one. And he's the, vil- he's the henchman from Goldfinger. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that right there should let you know its status as an iconic, like, Bond movie. Like, mm-hmm. one of the best villains, one of the best henchmen, sets up the trappings of every other James Bond movie from there on out. Um, who's my favorite Bond villain? I mean, I have a soft spot for Zorn, or Zorin, because it's Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken's <laughs> a Bond villain in A View to a Kill. Yeah. But that movie's terrible. <laughs> movie's so bad and people like say they enjoy it but they're wrong but they like, don't. I feel like they're lying um I really like the black guy from Live and Let Die Kananga <laughs> oh yeah that guy's sweet and all his henchmen are great too especially he's got uh he's got a a henchman named Whisper that just whispers the whole movie. Like, that's his thing. And then he gets it's eaten kind by of a like couch. like a mumbling whisper. What? Yeah. That's how that guy dies. He gets eaten by a couch. What? Yeah. There's... Wow. Okay. I, I really need to see... <laughs> because when I think, like, something can't get more absurd, like, you guys tell me, like, oh, yeah, and he got eaten by a couch. What? That's not the dumbest thing that happens in that movie. Or he dresses up as a clown and defuses a bomb. I'm yep. like, what? Yeah. So in Live and Let Die... Um, in Live and Let Die, he uh, he shoots a gun that inflates a couch and, like, eats a guy. But then he also, he has these inflatable bullets on him, and he sticks one in the main villain's mouth. And that dude straight up turns into a helium-filled balloon. Like, straight up, like, a, like they made a really offensive black guy balloon. And he, like, floats to the top and explodes into a million pieces. Pretty brutal death. Yeah, it's nuts. Wow. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, yeah, and that's the other thing is some of these older movies Which, are it, not it, that PC. <laughs> it really goes off the rails because the beginning of that movie is pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. I like Live and Let Die a lot, but man, that is... That movie gets nuts. Because like, <laughs> there's like a woman who's a psychic in there. Mm-hmm. But then she has sex with James and for some reason isn't a psychic anymore because she, she had sex. Yeah. Kid, yeah. She had to be a virgin. She had to be a virgin to be a psychic. And like the movie straight up is like, no, she was a psychic. Like they, I thought at some point they were going to be like, it's all made up. Yeah. It's all made up. Nope. Nope. It's straight up. This one had psychic powers. Then she lost her virginity. And now, now she, she doesn't. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Man. Live and let die. Um, so, what, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what film, you guys being aficionados and Bond, would you recommend me to start with outside of the Daniel Craig films? <clears throat> Probably Goldeneye, right? Or yeah. Goldfinger? Either one. You know, I would just kind of choose one from each Bond. era of Bond. Yeah. Each Bond actor. Which, I mean, there's only one for... Lazenby. Lazenby. But, but it's a really good one, so that's fine. Yeah, I would say for uh, Sean Connery, it's Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And gosh, Roger Moore. He has so many. He has seven movies. Oh, wow. Over like 15 yeah. years. Like, yeah, wow. he gets way too old to play Bond. He does. Wow. Uh, not A View to a Kill, which is the pinnacle of an 80s movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Complete with Duran Duran theme song. Really? Yeah. A lot of people yes. like um, Spy Who Loved Me. I think it's boring. Is that the one with the water guy? Yeah. Yeah, that movie is kind of boring. Yeah. It's got a sweet villain layer, though. It does. Yeah. I think Live and Let Die, maybe, from the more... Yeah, that's his first one. I, it's probably his best. That movie's really Or... Um, The one with Scaramanga. The Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's probably the one I would say you should watch is The Man with the Golden Gun. All right. Yeah, that's not a bad answer either. Um, and then License to Kill for... What's his name? Dalton. Dalton. Okay. Dalton. And then Goldeneye. And then Casino Royale. Yeah. Casino Royale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one last thing, and we'll, we'll get into sort of what we expect out of Spectre. Um, I, I guess two more things. Um, one, I mean, one, we can't talk about the legacy of James Bond without talking about theme songs. Um, Bond is one of the only movies that still has a song that gets released in conjunction with the movie. And like, everyone's fine with it. Everyone's totally like, always looks forward to it. And it's like this Mm -hmm. big, like month long speculation. Like an opening credit scene associated with it. Yeah. An arbitrary, like... (laughs) <laughs> has almost nothing to do with the movie yeah. and everything to do with having naked ladies on screen. <laughs> um, yeah, so there are some iconic Bond songs. How familiar are you with the music of James Bond? Not too familiar. I mean, like, I know, like, his theme. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, not... Yeah. Oh, well, and that's one of the great character themes of all time, too. Yeah, yeah, super distinct. But, yeah, yeah not, not really. Like, I don't know a lot of the catalog, you know, behind Daniel Craig. Oh, I feel like you would really like some of those songs, yeah. actually. Better than Skyfall? Skyfall's one of the best songs. Yeah, I thought that was a really good song. No, but a lot of the older ones are very uh, jazzy and... Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. then I'd probably like just that. Just that classy feel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they feel very much like 
you're about to watch like you should be in a tuxedo while you watch it. yeah <laughs> um, so what's what is what is your favorite or some of your favorites it's hard to pick a favorite I feel oh like. another one for goldfinger oh okay yeah <laughs> um, shirley bassey shirley bassey's really good yeah there's not a lot in the roger moore ones um live and let die live and good. let die that's my favorite because um, paul mccartney yeah man Goldeneye is okay. It's not. Is that the Tina Turner one? I think so. Yeah. Cheryl Crow did one of them. Like, they haven't oh. made some good choices yeah. also. <laughs> I think Hart did one. Did they? Uh, I don't think Hart did one. Um, oh, you know which one I really like? I think it's the one from Spy Who Loved Me. Nobody Does It Better. I really like that song for some reason. It's one of the slower bomb songs. Like, it doesn't really feel like a bomb song, but it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. Um, Shirley Bassey did a bunch. Is Tom Jones the one who did? Tom Jones did. Um, Thunderball. Thunderball, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. Supposedly he passed out when he did the last note of the Thunderball song. Thunderball gets a lot of praise, mm-hmm. but I don't really like it. It's kind of boring. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Um, it's I guess they did a remake, which is non-canon James Bond film. Oh. Um, Never Say Never Again. Yeah. I think, does that have Sean Connery in it? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess technically that's his last one. Yeah. Um, but, but it's not canon. Yeah, it's Bond. not from the original producers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Screen. There's a rights issue for yeah. the, the writing of the book or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, like this guy kind of like, this is this will actually be a perfect lead-in, I think, to what we're about to talk about. Um. So Blofeld is one of the all-time iconic Bond villains. Bond villains. Yeah. Uh, Blofeld shows up in, I think, three of the original uh, um, Bond movies. Probably four or five. Yeah, maybe, yeah, even closer um, to four or five. I mean, technically he's in the second one. I don't even know if he's referenced Blofeld. He's just kind of the leader of Spectre. Oh, yeah, in the mm-hmm. in from Russia with Black. And Behind Shadows, he's just a voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, he... Um, yeah, and then he Which is they a, do a callback to Dr. No, where Dr. No is part, part of, of Spectre. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but they don't really talk about it in Dr. No. Um, actually, Dr. No might say that he's part of an organization that wants to change the world and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and then he's in all the subsequent, I think he's part of all the subsequent... Yeah, I think um, you're right. Sean, Sean Connery. Connery ones. Yeah. And then he's in... Honor Majesty Secret Service. Honor Majesty as the main guy. Yeah. He was actually a pretty good Blowfield. Yeah, that's uh, Telly Savalas, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. He's a really good 70s actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on a, uh, he was on this like 70s detective show called Kojak. And he was this like bald detective that like uh, wore a fedora and stuff. And he was trying to quit smoking. So he always had a lollipop. Oh. And he made that, lo- <laughs> he rocked that lollipop, man. Like, he made it look so cool. Um, but he was Blofeld in one of them because Blofeld's always been bald. Yeah. Um, and he's a really good Bond villain. Um, he just reminded me a lot of, I don't know, typical bald bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he would be a real-life Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's been, like, what, three or four different Blofelds? Oh, so he's kind of like a, a main recurring villain in Bond. So, kind of. Oh. Um, and that's why this is a lead-in yeah. uh, to what we're about to talk about. He is, and then um, Thunderball specifically, he's he's a big bad guy in that. 
what there was this weird rights issue with the storyline to Thunderball because of like the guy who wrote it. Mm-hmm. There was this weird like legal thing that he was able to exploit to where he was able to retain the rights to the story, the rights to Spectre, and the rights to Blofeld. Yeah. And so the people behind the James Bond movies couldn't use him forever. Over really? that. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was um, they actually killed Blofeld in For Your Eyes Only um, without naming him. Mm-hmm. They, like, imply it. For Your Eyes Only? Yeah. 81? Yeah, Roger I think so. I was just listening to the James Bonding podcast, and I think they talked about how that's the one that they kill him in. which In is the boring. beginning of it. In the be- very beginning. It's the beginning opening scene. And it's okay. awful. It's oh. so bad. It's <laughs> terrible. And like a total disservice to the character. Oh. Um, but it was kind of like an F you to that the, guy. The guy who had all the rights. The guy who yeah. had all the rights. Well, that guy turned around and in the 80s was like, okay, well, I have the rights to this story, which has James Bond in it, which has Spectre in it, which has Blofeld in it. I'm going to remake Thunderball and I'm going to bring Sean Connery back to do it. And Sean Connery hated the people behind the James Bond movies at this point because he was contracted for a certain amount of movies and they never renegotiated his contract to get more money. Yeah. Even though the movies were taking off like globally, like they were, it was a phenomenon. Yeah. And he was still getting paid basically peanuts for it. So he hated them. Like he was on Johnny Carson and, Johnny Carson was like, who's your favorite Bond villain? And he said, Albert Broccoli, the oh. producer behind it. <laughs> um, and so he came back to do this remake of Thunderball called Never Say Never Again. And it's like an unofficial Bond movie. But yeah. Sean Connery's back as Bond um, to just be like, F you to the, yeah. the other guys. Um, so since then... Uh, the rights have retained with that guy in his estate or something. Mm-hmm. And they finally reverted back just before Skyfall came out. Oh. Back to the Broccoli estate. So now the Broccolis, who are behind uh, Eon Pictures, and Eon Pictures is behind all the Bond movies, yeah. they can now use Spectre and Blofeld and all those things again. Oh. Okay. So that's what brings us to this. And so... so Right before, like I said, right before Skyfall happened, this these rights came back to them. And so it got announced uh, last year sometime that the next Bond movie would be coming out in 2015 and that it would be called Spectre. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of like ultimate fan service because fans have been waiting for this for... A long time, it sounds almost like. Almost 40 years. <laughs> like, yeah. A really long time. So Spectre's back... Um, what does Spectre stand for, MJ? It's the dumbest acronym in history. Special people <laughs> counting. I don't know. I'm just curious because it sounds like this organization shows up throughout the whole Bond franchise. It does, so. for a good chunk of it. Yeah. Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. Okay. Spectre. Spectre. Yep. Really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> kind of so dumb. But <laughs> Spectre's a sweet name for like a ghosty organization. Yeah. Counterintelligence. What does that mean? I think it's just like spying on the spies. Counterintelligence revenge. 
Yeah, counterintelligence, terrorism, 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 revenge, and extortion. So, like, we're bad guys and we know it. Yeah. Is basically, like, they're a global network of bad guys that are like, we don't care. <laughs> um, and so, so this is Spectre. Uh, it's 2015. Daniel Craig has three Bond movies under his belt. They um, reinvented Bond for him. So, Spectre. For Daniel Craig. Yeah. Yeah. So, Spectre hasn't existed before. Oh, okay. So they kind of, you know, it's kind of like a reboot of the franchise yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so they created their own organization of bad guys. I don't remember. What's it even called? Quantum. Quantum. Yeah. Yeah. So now with them having the rights to Spectre, what they're basically saying is that uh, Spectre has been behind even Quantum. Oh, okay. Um, like Quantum was just a cover name. Yeah. Or they're like a branch because like... Yeah. The, from the previous films, it's from like, the previous yeah. films, they're like a branch of Spectre because oh, it's, okay. their their logo is the octopus, so it's yeah. like we've got arms and everything. Like you oh, know, okay. we kind of pull the strings behind everything with our you know our huge reach that we have in, yeah. in the world. Um, so that's the that's the organization, and so it's actually a really cool idea to bring Spectre into the Bond universe. Yeah. Um, however, <laughs> uh, <laughs> here it comes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so I'll, I guess I'll start with my expectations for Spectre. I think I'm going to hate Spectre kind of Aww. a lot. Um, I hated Skyfall a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, that movie's awful. What, awful. What, I, I'm curious. What are the uh, what are the qualifiers for hating Skyfall? So I hate Skyfall because it's boring. Um, I hate Skyfall because uh, it doesn't travel the globe. Like Now, we've only seen it once. Okay. Yes, and we both hated it. And... I've been debating on revisiting it before watching this, and I just haven't felt like it. I just like, nah, I don't need to see it. Yeah, I own it, and I feel like, oh. I feel like you might have to watch it before we go see Spectre. Yeah, I feel like I might revisit it. It depends. Um, Let me know when you do, because I'm not gonna go buy it or rent it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I might. We'll see. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind watching all three Daniel Craig's before, but not it's quantum. Gonna... I can... I, so I've heard that Quantum of Solace is good if you watch it immediately after you finish watching Casino Royale. However, the way I remember seeing that movie is we watched Casino Royale at your house, then went to the midnight showing of Quantum of Solace, and I hated it. And you were just like, what happened? It just has no pacing. It has no plot. It yeah. I can't ridiculously even re- overcomplicated. I can't even honestly remember like what happened There's not movie. a clear villain. Yes. It's like, just, yeah. There's Green or whatever his name is, but then it's like, is he a villain or isn't he? I don't even remember. Like, I'm just like, what? Yeah. So I hated Skyfall because I thought the villain was stupid. I hated Silva as a villain so much. I like Javier Bardem as an actor, the but... The performance I, wasn't... It's just like too over the top. But like, yeah, that was the other thing is like, it was really over the top. But they were like, this is a serious Bond movie. But then the Bond villain was like a freaking Roger Moore era. Yeah. Uh, oh. Bond villain, and it was like, well, this, I can't take this guy seriously at all. He's just like, yeah. like where, where's Daniel Craig in his clown suit at? Yeah, like <laughs> he's just got like a like a weird lisp, and like he's got gums instead of teeth in yeah. one scene for some reason, for no reason whatsoever. I, it's just, it's awful. I heard there was a lot of like from what I was reading, what people were telling me, because obviously I don't have history with this franchise, but you know that was celebrating the fiftieth, right? Mm-hmm. And they said there was a lot of, like, kind of fan service and stuff that they tried to put in there for some of the fans. So they were like, this is the Bond movie that Bond fans have wanted because 
Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, they said, kind of subverted and reinvented Bond. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, the tropes. Would you agree with that? Or, like, is that... What do you guys think? Uh, I don't know if I really agree with that. I mean, every... I mean, they probably all have a little bit of fan service. And then this one might have had the most out of the Daniel Craig era. Yeah. Of, yeah. So far, I mean, Spectre sounds like it's basically going to be the biggest one yeah. for fan service. Okay. To me. Yes, um, I agree. But... Skyfall, it was just a way of, like, having an origin story for Bond, which is not necessary at all. Yeah. Yeah. And the like, last... That's not the point of Bond, is to have an origin story. <laughs> yeah, the last act of that movie is horrible. Oh, when it th- turns into Home Alone? That's where it, like, just... That's where it's just well, kind of... Even before that, like, going back to the bad guy, uh, Silva, like, all his um, actions and or consequences of his actions are all just, like super random over the top like he's the joker in the dark knight just yeah like trains running through buildings and <laughs> yeah just like this mass destruction and it's like how do you get away with that yeah. like that took <laughs> months if not years of planning or like when they're having that Inside chase scene when they're having that MI6. chase scene you're like how did you know like where to plant those explosives specifically like when you have this chase scene going on and yeah like, yeah so yeah that and then um I've talked about this on the podcast before. I hate that this movie is like you're an alcoholic and you you're a nymphomaniac and you got all these psychological problems with you. Yeah, I, I and yeah, what was what, and you're getting too old for this business. And it's like, wait, we've only seen his first mission. As yeah. a double O agent, and now he's too old for it because Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace are all one mission. Yeah, because Quantum of Solace is well, him going rogue to exact revenge. Yeah, for the, the, it's not yeah. even a mission; he goes rogue. Yeah, yeah. and then in uh, Skyfall. Skyfall, he's like he goes on that. Technically, would be his second mission on the train where he gets shot off, right? Yeah, and then he gets what? Not disbanded, but reinstated like, or. Uh, Put on probation, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's not supposed to be doing anything. Because he's supposed to be rehabilitating because he gets shot. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, like, goes off the grid. Like, he's just like Ethan Hunt yeah. in that movie. Um, which sucks because, like, if I want Ethan Hunt, I'll just go watch a Mission Impossible yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, did, I, I like spy movies, but I'm fine with my Mission Impossible movies not being James Bond movies and yeah. my James Bond movies not being Mission Impossible movies. Like... I feel like they are two different franchises that work as spy and movies. The Man from Uncle being better than both of them. It's true. Oh man! Lately, MJ yeah. loves that movie. I do love that movie. I love that movie. Too. I have not seen it. I, it's, I introduced him to that movie. He did. He did. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Spectre has the same director as Skyfall. Oh. Uh, Sam Mendes and. I hate Sam Mendes movies, <laughs> all of them except for Road to Perdition, and I think the only reason I like Road to Perdition is because Tom Hanks is in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks and Paul Newman are in that movie, so, so yeah. it's hard to screw that one up. <laughs> um, I just think Sam Mendes has this... I don't think he's uh, bad at like making something look good. I think he's bad at making me care about that something looks good. Mm-hmm. He's just like... His shot composition is too clean. Like, everything seems just very, like, in place, like, right where it's supposed to be, not a hair out of place. So it just feels like a, like, it looks like I'm watching a doctor's office for two hours. Yeah. Um, and so, like, especially in an action movie, that's boring. Like, action's yeah, supposed to be very, kind very of, like, staged and, like, yeah. almost like a play. 
Yeah. Rather than a movie. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. So I'm not excited <laughs> at all. Um, Corey, what, what do you think? Okay, well, again, this is coming from a different perspective, it's true. obviously, of my... And you like Skyfall. I, I did like Skyfall, but in and caveats, people listening, don't rip my head off. But my... From the three Bond movies I've seen, Skyfall is the second best film out of those three. And but Casino Royale is still like head and shoulders above, you know, the other two films. And it was just amazing. So, I mean, like, I guess it was kind of that effect of like, I saw Casino Royale. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Like the action, like sequences and just like all the set pieces and just like, it was just a really good film. And then Quantum of Solace just, like, let me down. Like I said, I can't even really remember, like, most it's, of it. It's super forgettable. It's, just, it's really convoluted, it and it's like, now. what? And then I've so really Skyfall, Skyfall was kind of, like, a step or two better than Quantum of Solace, and I think maybe that was some of why I liked it. But, again, a lot of the problems that we've talked about, I didn't understand, like, all the, like, why are we ragging on his age? He's only been, like, you know, on a couple missions, and are these, like, all these inside jokes that I might not get because... I don't know the franchise that well, but so overall, like I did like it, but in comparison to like Casino Royale and obviously these other films that you guys have seen, it probably doesn't stand, you know, anywhere in like the top ten of the Bond films. Yeah. No, so no, all of that to say, um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of go. I'm mixed going into Spectre. I'm kind of like. I will say, I think you're probably going to be a lot more forgiving than either one of us is yeah. on this movie. Um, that's not a bad thing. No, it's, it's just, just, it's you, just we have a, we, a different perspective than you do. I, I want it to be, you know, better than Quantum. Um, I, I would like it to be the level of Casino Royale, but it's not, from what I've been hearing, it sounds like it's not going to be. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, I don't... I don't know. So I guess, like, cautiously optimistic is my position going into this. So, Robert, what about you? I think I kind of explained my feelings when MJ was talking. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want it to be good. Um, I think it'll be more entertaining than Skyfall was. Yeah. Because, I don't know, Skyfall was just, like, very... Boring, boring, bland, like quiet, yeah, broody unnecessarily. Yeah, um, things just felt gray and not very colorful or exciting in that yeah. movie. Um, where this looks like it has a little bit more variety, and I mean, from things I've read because I've been reading reviewing snippets and, and mm -hmm. whatever, and it's just like most of the movie is just like action piece set to action piece set. Okay. <laughs> um, so that should be a little, at least more entertaining than Skyfall was. But as far as like a plot yeah. or whatever, um, I think the biggest thing it has going with it is uh, Star Trek Into Darkness sickness. Yes. As far as oh Spectre, Spectre doesn't exist without Blofeld. And the producing team behind uh, Spectre, the movie Spectre, has been very adamant that Christoph Waltz, who would be casted as a perfect Blofeld, mm -hmm. is this other villain called Franz Oberhauser. Oberhauser. Oh. And I'm positive, like you said, it's got Star Trek Into Darkness sickness. Yeah. 
this guy's gonna be like, JK, I'm Blofeld. Yeah. The way Benedict Cumberbatch was like, JK, I'm Khan. Yeah. And I hate that. I hate being lied to. Yeah. Straight there up was just, lied there's to. There's just no reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Because, like, when they were making Star Trek Into Darkness, Abram said, it's like, no, Khan's not gonna be in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And then it was a lie. It was a bald faced lie. And I was so mad. I felt like completely insulted yeah. by the filmmakers because I had been lied to. And I'm. Almost positive this is going to happen again. And in any reviews or anything I said, there's been nothing said about his character. Yeah. And I think that's why. Oh. Yeah. I think for some reason, like, everyone's just keeping it quiet because they don't want to spoil it. Discuss it or spoil it or whatever. Or they were just like, F this. Yeah. (laughs) They were just really upset about it and wanted to focus on the good parts of the movie. Yeah. So I'm really curious where where that's going to play out. If it, you know, if he really is just another guy, um... Something that hasn't been mentioned a lot is, uh, what's his name? Mr. White? Not Mr. White. Um, Ray Fiennes? Mm-hmm. M? New M? Mm-hmm. Um, the bad guy. The uh, the henchman bad guy. Who's basically, oh, Hinks. Yeah. Mr. Hinks, Hinks. Which looks like new odd job. Yeah. Um, Dave Batista. I think he's going to be awesome in it, actually. He looks pretty sweet from what I've seen in the trailers. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, Dave Batista, who played uh, Drax, yeah. the destroyer. He's right. the he's the henchman to Frank uh, Overhauser. Oh, okay. Yeah, Franz Franz Overhauser, whatever. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Yeah, yeah. And like, he doesn't really excite me in this movie. And I think there's this thing with Christoph Waltz that's really weird to me, which is Quentin Tarantino uses that guy amazingly, and no one else does. Yeah. And I don't know why, because he's clearly a good actor. Mm-hmm. But everything I've seen him in that's not a Tarantino movie in, I, I'm just like... He's okay. Yeah, he's not bad, but he's not like... I know he's so much better. Yeah. Because he's amazing in Inglorious Bastards. He's so freaking good in that oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I just like... And that's kind of the vibe I get here. Like, I don't think he'll be bad, but he doesn't look like the Christoph Waltz that I like seeing. Like, he's just going to be kind of squandered. Yeah. And I feel like he usually is when not in a Tarantino movie. Yeah. And I'm a little sad he's not in Hateful Eight, actually. So so high expectations for Spectre <laughs> all around, it sounds like. Now, I mean, I want to like it. I, I'm open to liking it. I'm not writing it off right out of the gate. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong, but I haven't seen anything that's told me otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the opening to this movie is going to be pretty dope. Like, I, the Mexico City thing. Oh, yeah, I've heard That looks really that. cool. Like, I really like the, because Brown, I really like the, the Day of the Dead aesthetic and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And so I think that's a cool thing. Like... There's a couple, like, big cultural parade sequences in earlier Bond movies. Yeah. And those are always really cool. Like, there's, like, a there's like a, like a, a jazz funeral in New Orleans or whatever no. in uh, Live, and Let, Live and Let Die that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, like, what's the other big parade scene? There's a few of them. Man. There's one in, like, there's one with Jaws when they're in, like, Egypt or Central America yeah, or whatever. There's one in is it the Spy Who Loved Me or Moonraker where the is there in Italy, I think. Oh, that maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Where he's, is he driving the hover car or something through the crowd? That's where the one with the pigeons. And stuff. Oh, the pigeon double take. Yeah, yeah, the one where a pigeon does a double take. <laughs> Yeah, and the way the pigeon does the double take is he looks, and then they rewind the film, and then he looks again. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's bonkers. <laughs> um, no, not that one. There's another one where it's like Jaws is chasing them, 
through the streets. Not the shark. Okay. He's yeah. A, he's a henchman. There's he, a henchman named Job. He might actually be the most notable henchman. Yeah. He's in multiple movies where Oddjob was only in the in one. In the one. Yeah, that's true. Um, So I really like James Bond parade scenes. Like, it seems like... I think why I would hope to like it is it seems like they're doing a lot of the things I like what Bond does, yeah. but it doesn't seem like they get it yeah, either. They're just no. doing it because they know it happened in other movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of, like, like they're putting Dave Bautista in this odd job type role from Goldfinger, but then they're mixing it with... Um, Robert Shaw from... Uh, uh, from yeah. Russia with Love, because their fight is on a train, yeah. which... One of the best on a train fight scenes ever mm-hmm. is in From Russia with Love. Oh. Um, and then. But then you got Spectre and Blofeld, and then you've got this Mexican parade scene. And this is like, how is it all going to mesh together? Because they're just picking and choosing from like, yeah, what, was, of the what was good in the other yeah. Bond. That's yeah. why I feel like it's going to be a fan service movie. Oh, okay. More yes. than anything. Yeah, that makes sense. Which Star Trek Into Darkness was a fan service yeah. movie more than it's anything. It's just like, how much is it actually going to progress the Bond's story, like his character's mm. story? Good point. Really, because they, they've done an okay job at at progressing him as an agent from like a new agent into figuring out how to be the Bond of old movies. Yeah, yeah. So this will be more of a people who appreciate it more will be the people who have history with Bond. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. we'll see. It's been pretty <laughs> divisive from what I've seen. Um, what I was going to say earlier is I think it's interesting that it got super good reviews in uh, the UK, and then it started screening to American critics, and they just ripped it apart. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> if there's like this weird cultural like blindness that yeah. they all do it because of James Bond or what, but yeah, people... It's It's been a very big cultural divide, I think. Um, and there's, there's these two guys, uh, Matt Gorley and Matt Myra. Uh, Matt Myra is part of the Nerdist podcast, and he, uh, they have a James Bond podcast called James Bonding, and they've gone through every single James Bond film and done an episode on each one of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and he loved Skyfall, Matt Myra did. I don't, or he loved Skyfall, but he loved uh, Spectre a lot. He said, it brings us back to uh, Casino Royale. Really? He's, yeah, which I don't believe. Like, I didn't believe. I read, he had, like, a series of tweets about, like, his review, and I was like, hmm. I don't believe any of this. I, I have read that, like, it kind of culminates everything that's happened up to this point. So, mm-hmm. But I, I figured that's just because Spectre is behind everything. Yeah. As as Christoph Waltz says in the trailer, he is the Asa of all your pain, or whatever. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... I guess Casino Royale was the anomaly in Daniel Craig's run. Which it sucks because like... I feel like he's a really good James Bond. I like, like him a lot. Because he's like kind of like rougher looking than the yeah. other James Bonds. And so it's like he will throw down yeah. the mofo. <laughs> like, he will mess people he up. Does the, he does the action well. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of it. <laughs> like, um, But that's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing because like I feel like Dalton only did the action well and i feel like lazenby did the quippiness well and his action was kind of subpar although there's that sweet scene in majesty secret service where he slides on his stomach with a machine gun um <laughs> you know i think the only one who like did kind of both well was sean connery but the action was pierce brosnan did okay pierce brosnan did do really good yeah. you're right yeah man brosnan's a really solid bond that was underserved by his scripts a lot the uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. like he had one good movie and then they just kind of toppled yep. and they were not his fault oh yeah at all 
the thing about him is they wanted him as Bond, like in the before 80s. Roger Moore. Oh, I think I was before Timothy Dalton. Maybe he was just introduced when Roger Moore yes. got the job, and mm-hmm. that's when they knew that they wanted him for a Bond at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. And so they they were going to ca- cast him uh, before they casted Timothy Dalton, but. At the last minute, he got picked up on a TV show called Remington Steel. Oh. And Remington Steel went for, like, four or five years. Oh. <laughs> and so he was, like, not able to do Bond until, like, 95. Oh, okay. When Skyfall came. Or when <laughs> Goldeneye. I don't know why I keep defaulting to Skyfall. Um, it's like the Jurassic World of James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> mm, I don't know if I hate Skyfall as much as I hate Jurassic World. I hate... Mm, <laughs> Of Bond movies. Every, pod, every podcast. Them, when you just look at it amongst the Bond movies. I'm just going to say enough. this. Every podcast since Jurassic World, it has made its way into the podcast. <laughs> there's just like residual hate that just like seeps out of it. I don't think there was in the in the Goosebumps episode. I don't think there was a, any in the, in the Goosebumps episode. But I also may have cut it out. So I don't know. Maybe. Um, cool. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add? Uh, no, not really. I mean... We we'll see what happens. Um, I'm like I said, hopefully optimistic or cautiously optimistic. So okay, well I think that'll wrap us up. We'll be back next week. Uh, the before and after show will return in Spectre. Yeah, uh, next week <laughs> to talk about this. Um, you can follow us on SoundCloud, follow us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, like, comment, you know what to do. Find us on Facebook. Tell us your favorite James Bond movie. Yes. Email the show, before and oh. after show at gmail.com. And uh, tell us what your favorite James Bond movie is, your favorite gadget. Or your favorite James Bond. Or your favorite James Bond actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let us know uh, at before and after pod on Twitter. That's at before, the letter N, after pod. And until next week, uh, go watch some James Bond movies, Corey. Yeah, I will. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs>